We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Mile High Huddle Podcast with your football priests, Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Remember, Broncos country is not a geographic location. It's a state of being. Welcome in, everybody. This is the MHH Podcast. My name is Scott Kennedy. I'll be your host tonight, sitting in for one of the priests, Chad Jensen. But joining joining me, actually me joining him, is this guy over here, Zach Kelberman, one of your football priests. You know him. You love him. Zach, how are you doing tonight? I am feeling a little better. I, I know you probably rendered the pod the other night. It was a tough listen, I'm sure, for you, Scott, with my voice. But I'm feeling a little better and excited to get another pod in with you while Chad's away. Well, good. Glad you're feeling better. I had one of those old man shots on Tuesday by shingles vaccine. Good God. It feels like you've been dragged behind a horse for an hour when you get that thing. It's just it's like I feel like my whole body's been sandpapered. But one of the good things about getting sick or injured or something is when you get better, man, it's like the sun's coming out after a week of rain. You feel amazing. So I'm feeling pretty good tonight. It's, it's good to see you. Good to be here tonight. Lots of folks in the chat already. So some of the things we want to get into tonight. Yeah, another mock draft. We'll talk a little bit about it and see where some of the movement's going. In fact, there's two of them on CBS right now, and they went in two different directions. Two of them from today, from two different people. And they went in different directions. That's how crazy it is. But one of the things I like about mock drafts, it gives you an idea of who could be available in the neighborhood of where you're picking not necessarily it's like well he only got one of 32 picks right well hell if one guy goes in the wrong order it messes up the next 32 so are you close when you say yes i think jj mccarthy's going to go somewhere between 10 to 12 and that's where you need to be and he goes to at 50 you know i can not listen to that guy anymore so those are what those are good for we'll talk a little bit of russell wilson there's been a dynamic shift in the odds on where he could end up um, and we can get into some other things. Uh, I want to talk a little Cortland Sutton, and also we'll, we'll hit on a little salary cap too, because um, I, I want to just reiterate and and get it through everybody's mind that it's not cap hell for years and years with Russell Wilson. We'll we'll talk a little bit of that as well. But I want to say hello to some folks as they come in. David Youngkin's in here, nice and early. He says evening, everyone. So I hear that Amazon Prime picked up a playoff game. So that's the rumor. Zach, I hadn't heard that. But I feel like it's just a matter of time if I'm not surprised if this is if this has happened. Yeah, I can't remember the exact details. They did pick up the wild card game for next season, one of the wild card games for 125 million, 150 million, just a ridiculous number. But 
Scott, that's the way things are going with the streaming services and all the other different ways the NFL is going to try to rake in the cash. Yeah, when the tech companies decide to get into live events, Legacy Media is hosed with a capital H. You're dealing with companies with valuations that begin with a T in the trillions. Like, oh, wanna, it's like we could buy every NFL team with our dividend money, for God's sake. So Amazon, Apple, Netflix is, I don't think they're quite that high, um, but who, you know, Google. When Google decides that they want to start doing yeah. something like that for, you know, they're paying a bunch for YouTube TV, so they're licensing stuff now. They've already started that direction. Amazon, Apple, those are the big three. Facebook, you know, they're, all those are at least half a billion dollar companies, and some of them are trillion dollar companies. And legacy media and, and all of the excess costs that they have are going to be in trouble. Dylan Van Arks, good to see you. Thank you for everything you do for us. Uh, he says, sup, Broncos country. Make sure you hit that like button on the way in. Share on all your platforms and subscribe if you haven't already. Good advice. Uh, if this is your first time watching, there's usually somebody new here. Appreciate if you hit that like button and that subscribe button. It does a lot to help keeping these shows going. William Catalano, we see you in there talking some uh, nice and early, talking some uh, some quarterback. Kevin Gray says, evening, Chad, Zach, and Scott. Big miles salute to Broncos country. Zach's not, or Chad's not here. Talk to him tonight. Doing good. We'll catch up with him uh, him before too long. David McElrath coming in. Says, good evening, Broncos country. Zach Dillon, Deacon, and Scott. Um, that's all, y'all. Hashtag McCarthy. Hashtag Buckham MX3. Hashtag MHH for life. Hashtag Denver Broncos for life. David, thank you for all of the support you give us. Draft Time says... Uh, comes in with a super chat. He says, if you go by the Bill Parcells rules on drafting a quarterback, how many quarterbacks in this draft class will fit his requirement? And you can look it up. I don't know. What's his requirement? I think there's draft two. Bill Sims? <laughs> there's a couple. I think a, a good processor is one. And J.J. McCarthy is a really good processor. Bo Nix, for that matter, as well. Um, a quarterback who has experience as a starter, uh, you can you know you can argue if they fall in those buckets, and just someone that is going to stay within the strictures of the offense, doesn't deviate too much, keeps the ball moving, minimizes turnovers, and even Daniel Jeremiah talked about it today on conference call. Scott, he named two QBs realistically that are targets for the Broncos that Sean Payton could like. McCarthy and Bo Nix's names keep popping up. Yeah, I, I think that makes a lot of sense based on the availability as well. I mean, would you like to be able to get one of Drake May, Jaden Daniels, Caleb Williams? Yeah, probably. Just don't know how realistic that is. In fact, I've gone over it a bunch. You know, it may be that Jaden Daniels slips into availability, but I don't think Caleb Williams or Drake may come out of the top two. I don't think you're getting into there. There might be a switch between one and two, but that's about it. I just, I don't see it happening. We've gone into this before about, you know, trade the farm. We'll trade whatever it takes to get that quarterback. Well, those, those teams need a quarterback too. So they're saying the same thing. That's what makes it so tough. Um, lots of folks coming in tonight. There is one person in particular I wanted to say hello to, Mark from Georgia. It's good to see you, my friend. It's been a while. I hope you are doing well and enjoying this gorgeous weather in the southeast that we've been having before a little rain comes in tomorrow morning. Might cool things off a little bit, but I hope you are doing well. It's great to see you. Mark says, it seems like Sean Payton is enamored with J.J. McCarthy. 
What do you think about the reports that he's enamored, the fourth-hand reports that we're getting here? Well, number one, people in the comments saying Drake May. Yeah, I mean, obviously Drake May would be the number one that Sean Payton would like, but I was keeping it realistic. There's like a 5% chance the Broncos, Scott, are going to jump up. There's a, a much higher chance, north of 50%, that one of— I don't think you have a 5% chance of getting Drake May. Yeah. I, I think you got point oh 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 five chance of getting Drake May. So among you know the the Bo Nixes and the McCarthys, I think they fit the bill for him. But with McCarthy and and Sean Payton reportedly being enamored, we got to take the source for what it is. This was from the Minnesota Vikings PA announcer. It's not Adam Schefter or Mike Kliss kind of passing this information forward. It's also smokescreen season, so you have to take everything you hear with a grain of salt, though. I think there's some there there, Scott, because of what I talked about, because of what we've talked about. You've got me on the McCarthy bandwagon a few weeks ago, and I've kind of picked up steam with that. Great processor, a great uh, a mobile athlete he can throw on the run. He's smart enough to stay within the offense. I really do believe that Sean Payton would like to get his hands on him, if possible. The athleticism, the tools, the upside, the, the right. pedigree. Like, oh, he doesn't – Michigan – didn't ask him to throw a ton. So what? They were undefeated. You know, again, if I can turn around and hand it off 100 times in a game and win a championship, why wouldn't I? Why would I risk even putting the ball in the air? But that said, there's some really interesting stats that go with that. Um, you know, Nick's done a little bit of digging. He's a, he's a good data guy. And I, I like to verify... I like to verify my eye test. I call it seat of the pants analytics. You know, the, the gut feeling, the scouting involved with some analytics at times. And he said, you know, there was a there's someone out there on Twitter, and I apologize who it was, but if you remove screens from throws, JJ McCarthy had more first half passing attempts than any other of the quarterbacks that we talk about in the first two rounds. Any of them in the first half. Why is that important? Because they won every game. They, he, he, they didn't need to sling the ball around. This was a dominating team. They didn't have to sling the ball around all over the place in the second half. They're not playing 52 to 48 games in, in Pac-12, Big 12 country. And I see the tools. I see that. At what point did, was is winning as a quarterback? When did that become a bad thing? I've seen guys get shellacked because, oh, he never won a championship. Well, J.J. McCarthy won one. We didn't throw the ball enough. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. You're just, everybody's got flaws. You're just finding reasons to not like this guy at this point. Now, tell me that he didn't throw it. You know, his, he had a 10 to 10 touchdown interception ratio, and they were just so good they didn't trust him to throw the ball. No. When it was third and long, he threw it a lot. Just one third and long real often. He won the football games doing what he was asked. We call that coachability. Playing without an ego, Zach. I like those things in a guy that can throw the ball through a wall and run like a deer. Number one, Scott, there's no correlation between passing the ball more and being a better quarterback. Some of the big three or a few of the big three in this class, a lot of their completions were at the line of scrimmage or behind the line of scrimmage, and that kind of inflates the numbers. Uh, number two, you don't go 27 and one on accident. And I agree with what you're saying there, Scott. I mean, why are we knocking this guy for being a winner? I think that is one of his better qualities that Sean Pate would like. And number three about McCarthy, you talked about upside, and that's the biggest. What's the opposite of a red flag? A green flag in this case for McCarthy? Yeah. 21 years old. You're not making this pick for 2024. You're making this pick for 2025, 26, 27, and beyond. This is a quarterback that you can grow with. And if you hit it with Sean Payton, you have a franchise guy. Yeah. But the, the you know, again, the thing is, you talk about upside, 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 like he's not any good now. He is. He, he is good now. He, that's the thing. It, yes, we like the upside. One of the reasons I like the upside isn't just because of his youth. It's because of that arm. You know, he's he's got a great arm and he's young. Spoiler alert, the CBS Sports um, mock draft that we're talking about came from Josh Edwards, posted it this morning. He had, spoiler alert, just, it's, um, we, already, we already spoiled it is why I'm saying we're, why we're talking so much about J.J. McCarthy right now. Just not just because um, Mark from Georgia had that, but the... It had the Denver Broncos trading up from 12 to 9, which is the Chicago Bears' second first-round pick, in order to get J.J. McCarthy. Now, why do I think that's important at 12 to 9? One, the team at 8 wants a quarterback. So this is almost of the assumption that they've got their quarterback because then they won't look at J.J. McCarthy at, at, at 9 because they went and traded for Justin Fields. They signed Kirk Cousins, and that's the Atlanta Falcons. Because if the Atlanta Falcons want a quarterback at eight, it's going to cost you a first-round pick to, to beat them. So let's say you go to the, to the Titans at seven. The Falcons have at least one second-round pick. It could still turn into two second-round picks and a third-round pick. Um, and they're drafting at number eight. If the Titans want to make a trade, they're on the phone with the Broncos, and they say, hey, we'll give you this and this and this, and they just call up the Falcons and say, hey, you want to swap a second and eight, and, and you can move up to seven? Yeah, we'll do that. So it's going to be tough. At nine, I don't think it costs you another first-round pick. I think to get to seven, it costs you 2024 first-round pick, 2025 first-round pick, and that starts feeling expensive, Zach. 
Well, yeah, number one, my my requisite is if you're going to trade up even one spot, let alone multiple spots, you got to be a billion percent sold that whoever you're trading up for is worth it, is the guy. So if they've determined that, whether it's for McCarthy or another quarterback, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm on board. There's a big difference, as you kind of talked about, between between trading up necessarily from three spots, then from 12 to three or 12 to two, you can keep PS2. You can keep a first beyond next year or even this year. It's not going to call. It's not going to Ricky Williams, the draft. And I think I saw earlier today, there was like a speculation that the Patriots could trade down with the giants. The giants are at what? Nine, six, 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 three spots. It would cost them three second round picks. So you at see least, the difference at least. See, that's a this is a pet peeve I have with what's going on right now with mock draft sack. People are looking at historical precedents to say, okay, this is what it's gonna cost. Okay. Last year, it took two first round picks, two second round picks, and DJ Moore to get into the number one spot from like nine to one. So therefore, it's gonna take this is what's gonna take. Yeah. No. One, the Chicago Bears didn't want to take a quarterback. So you were trading up into a spot for somebody that were like, okay, we don't mind moving down. We don't, we don't want to take a quarterback here. Two, you're talking about Bryce Young or CJ Stroud versus Drake Mayer, Caleb Williams. Now you hope Drake Mayer, Caleb Williams turn into CJ Stroud and what he became this year. But at the t- this time last year, neither Bryce Young or CJ Stroud was anywhere near the prospect that Drake May and Caleb Williams are. I don't I think Jaden I think Jaden Daniels comes in ahead of those other two guys uh, as well. But let alone the two. So to get into those spots, you've got to pull a team off that needs a quarterback like the Patriots. They need a quarterback. You got to pull them out and have them give up on a on a prospect that's better because you know where those three second round picks were? That was Sam Darnold. That was the trade that got up to Sam Darnold. Jaden Daniels, Drake May, or and, and Caleb Williams, Sam Darnold. Come on. It's gonna cost you, it's gonna cost you more than that to move up from six to three in this draft. It's gonna cost you a haul to get into the top four. I just think trading up for a lot of Broncos fans after the last couple seasons and having no draft picks in this draft, it it puts off a lot of the fan base, but it'd be easier to swallow um, perhaps if you're moving up a few spots, Scott, from 12 to nine than from 12 to three, and you get to keep some of your bigger assets like PS2 and first round picks. Yes. So again, a 12 to nine, I think you can get 12 to nine without a 20, 25 first. That's why that becomes critical. That's why... The team, the Falcon, or the the team, the Broncos need to watch the most right now is the Atlanta Falcons because they don't have a quarterback. The Vikings are still in the probably the driver's seat for Kirk Cousins. If Kirk Cousins signs with somebody else, that scratches someone off the board that could be ahead of you, like the Minnesota Vikings, like the Atlanta Falcons. That helps. That's good. So watch Kirk Cousins. Free agency is going to be very, very important with Kirk Cousins and where he goes. Because then you got a pretty good idea. All right, I need to get ahead of which team? Justin Fields, I need to get ahead of the Falcons if I want J.J. McCarthy. If they strike out in the free agency or they decide they want to go draft, i got to get ahead of eight. That's probably going to cost me my 2025 first to do that. Uh, Gary Palmer, good to see you. He says, hey, Zach and Scott, can we believe the gossip that Sean Payton likes J.J. McCarthy? I talked about it earlier, Gary. Thank you so much for your generous contribution, as always, to the show. You are a legend. 
is it a smokescreen or is it genuine? I mean, the the Vikings PA announcer does have a, a previous working relationship with George Payton. So it's not some random off the street. He might be plugged in. And I don't see if you're Sean Payton, yeah, you might love Caleb Williams and you might love Drake May, but they're a little unattainable. Among the attainable, why wouldn't you like McCarthy if you're looking for the next Drew Brees? Who has the most Brees-like quality? Breeze like qualities, at least from a mental processing uh, vantage point, that can see the game differently. There's other physically talented quarterbacks, but among the processors, the IQ testers, McCarthy has to be of interest to, to, to Sean Payton, I think. And I agree. I think that there, there's no reason to think that he wouldn't like him, honestly. Yeah, I like him. Now, is that who they're targeting? We don't know. Um, why is that getting out there? So I think it's a great question, Gary. Thank you for your support. Um, something that was brought up last night, and this is why I can't listen to sports talk radio because when I hear something and I have, feel like I have to jump in, I lose my mind. It's hard enough to sit back in there when I can punch away at the keyboard and do it. But Lawrence uh, Rivera is bringing up uh, on Facebook that Caleb Williams um, isn't going with an agent in this, and and oh my God, what a you know what a disaster that could be. All right, listen. This became very popular among NBA players when they were getting drafted. As soon as they started slotting contracts, why am I going to give 5% to an agent when my contract is basically boilerplated for my rookie deal? Okay. I'm going to go get a $500 attorney. He's going to sit down and do this. I'm going to pay him $2,500 instead of 5% of 20 million, which is what? A million? I'm going to pay him $2,500 instead of a million dollars. So when you're talking about your first contract, don't you don't need an agent. You really don't. You need an agent to handle stuff like endorsements, that type of thing. That's fine. But for your first football contract in the NFL, it's boilerplated. It's it's basic it's pretty standard. You don't have to worry about that. So don't think don't think twice about that. That became very common in the NBA. For your second contract, get a freaking agent get an agent so that's when i would pass judgment on that so that's something to keep in mind that was kind of glossed over last night that i, I wanted to jump in on zach plus he's gotten so much nil money I, I don't think it's too pressing for him and scott when when players and go and you're right by the way about the point you made it's all kind of set in stone and mm -hmm. and uh, there for the taking already but players that negotiate their own contracts like most things it goes one of two ways i mean didn't lamar jackson negotiate his extension without an agent he handled it himself that's one example. The other example, I can't remember who the player was, but they wanted their contract in Bitcoin or some that cryptocurrency. Was, was, that, was that OBJ? Was it OBJ? It might have been. I, I, I thought it was one of the wide receivers. No, but um, again, the same reason I don't want my coach being my general manager is I don't want you and I to negotiate contracts and then go try and work together on the field because – we should both be happy, but we should both be a little pissed off too when you walk out of a negotiation. I want that handled. You and I have a working relationship. My guy's going to talk to your guy. They're going to work it out, and you we can keep ours on on the field. I I agree with the emotional. Keep the emotional out of it, and have an agent. Have somebody do that. Talk to my agent. I, I agree with that. But for the first contract, dude, just hire an attorney to dot the i's and cross the t's and save yourself a million dollars. But in the future, I can definitely see a headline, Scott, where it says Caleb Williams signs with, you know, Drew Rosenhaus or some other. Yeah, Tom for your, second, deal, for your second contract, yeah. absolutely get one. But for your first one, it's boilerplate. It's a, yeah. it's a template. It's the, the numbers are already fixed.
that's just right the way there. it is. It's in any other phase of life in the United States of America, that would be illegal, but not for our monopolistic sports. So that's a different discussion. <laughs> David Kilgore. Look at David coming in wow. hot pink. It's Thank great you. to see you, David. Thank you so much. It's amazing. Because should we be worried as Broncos country that they are considering trading PS2? I really hope that's not the case. You guys believe that we are really thinking about trading him. Zach, what do you think? Would the Denver Broncos consider trading Pat Sertan? I'm sure they would consider it, but David, it's a very layered question because we don't know. I, are they trading PS2 as part of a deal to move up for a quarterback? Or are they trading PS2 in a standalone deal to like San Francisco for multiple first round picks? If you're using him to move up for a quarterback, and I've said this a billion times, you you better be sure, you better be sure that that quarterback is it that he's the guy that he will be the face of the franchise. They're going to take offers. I'm sure they're going to field offers. I don't think they're going to initiate many phone calls, but they'll take those phone calls and see what the value uh, for PS2 is league wide. George Payton wouldn't be doing his diligence as a GM Scott, if he didn't see uh, what the market held for him. Yeah, I think you you have to talk about again. It's it's funny that you read the comment section. You're like, this is so stupid. Why are you guys talking about this? We are not trading Patrick Sertan unless it was some crazy deal. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about some crazy deal. So like two firsts and two seconds, I'm listening. And what it boils down to, as I mentioned, you're talking to agents. We reached out to Russ's people, you know, before Halloween to ask if he would move back his contract. You reach out to past people and you feel... How do I think he is would will want to sign a contract extension uh, next year or the year after? You got two years of control without the without the franchise tag. If the answer is hell no, you know if you start getting the guys, it's been great, but we're we're probably going to get out of here. You guys are a freaking train wreck. Or then you 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 start leaning a little bit more towards we need to get what we can before he just is is unavailable. You. That'll never happen with all the franchise tags and everything. You can tag and trade somebody and still get two first-round picks. But this is the last year where he's relatively cheap. Then his fifth-year option kicks in, and it goes to $20 million in 2025. After 2025, he's going to get a market-setting contract, probably get a four-year deal in the $100 million guaranteed range. At least that will be the real numbers, about 25 a year. Will you be, is is that something you, you'll be in a spot where you want a $25 million corner out there? Or is that is that better served getting me three defensive linemen at $10 million each? Right. Um, those, those are questions you have to ask. Oh, and by the way, four, four day one, four first rounders and or th two first rounders and two second rounders or two first rounders and a starter and an extra $20 million in salary cap space. So it's something you have to think of. Um, it has to be considered. So it would have to be a deal that makes you say, I, I can't turn this down. You consider everything. The probability of it happened, happening, I think, is low. You consider it. Sure, you consider it. Uh, appreciate the question, David. I, I think it's very interesting because if I want to kickstart a rebuild with multiple players, he's the only asset you've got. He's the only one that's going to get you a return that would make it because he's your he's your, really your only young impact player at a premium position. He's the one that's going to get you a return that will get you impact premium picks in return. 
David Yunkin, good to see you. So there's no way that the Broncos will get the top three. There you go. And I'm, I'm not sold on moving up three or four spots just to get either McCarthy or Knicks. So let's stay where we're at. That's what David thinks. What, what would you think about... Um, and that's the problem. That that's that non-second round pick hurts. Yeah. So it's going to cost you to get up to number nine. You're on the clock. We're on the clock with the Minnesota Vikings because they lost Kirk Cousins to the Atlanta Falcons. So JJ McCarthy is still sitting there at nine. You're on the phone with Chicago Bears. The Bears are saying we're on the phone with the Minnesota Vikings at eleven. They're coming up to get a quarterback for Kirk Cousins replacement. I promise you. You guys, what do you want to do? We'll take your 2024 third pick swap. So your number 12, a third, and a 2025 second. Do you do it? I mean, you stay at 12, and the upside is you can take a player that you need. It doesn't have to be quarterback. You can take an edge. You can take a defensive lineman. I saw Jared Verse being uh, linked to the Broncos at 12. You can take a corner uh, like Terry and Arnold. I mean, you can go in a variety of different directions, but the counter to that, Scott, is no position is more important than quarterback. So if you feel convicted enough, if you have enough conviction, I guess I'm trying to say, if you think you can get someone that fits with you, that you can grow with and mold into a winner, it's a few spots. Are you really going to be thinking about that third or second you'd be giving up in the future if it works out and you get your guy? So I guess what I'm trying to say, David, is I'm of the mind you have to be more aggressive than not when it comes to targeting and acquiring the Broncos' next quarterback. If Knicks determines, they've determined Knicks is the guy or McCarthy and they're sitting there like Scott was talking about, I probably am trying to move up just so I can secure that position and then tackle the rest. Where would Knicks need to be on your board for you to not consider him a reach at 12? You mean I'm you're looking at your board? You're looking at your your, Bron your Broncos board, and we've got our picks listed one to two hundred. Where would how far is too far down for him? I think he'd rank about sixth on my big board or so. No, no, I mean one to two hundred. You know, I, these are my these are this is my board, and I've got I've got Caleb Williams one, I've got Marvin Harrison two, I've got Drake wow. May three. And I go down my board and say, okay, this is how we're picking. We're stacking. This is how we want them. This is the order we want them in talent. This is the order we need them in talent. How far down is too far for him before you take him? Before among, you pass on him? Among everyone, just because I, I know he's not a better prospect than a, a Marvin Harrison Jr., just a, among uh, – a status level, but because he's a quarterback, Scott, I feel like that uh, ascends him a little higher. So I'm going to say in the 15 to 20 range. 20 was the number for me. Yeah, yeah, that's that was about it for me. If I had him at uh, if I had him at 20 on my board, I that's that's where my line where I'm like, okay, I can still take my quarterback just because of how desperately we we have to get that quarterback at 20. Yeah. Or at, at 12, how just period, how desperately we have to have the quarterback. Right. Once I start getting lower than that, I feel like I'm reaching and I don't want to reach for the quarterback. I'd rather I'd rather go for my best prospect available at that point at an impact position, whether it's corner, uh, edge, even wide receiver, offensive tackle, because I think there's a pretty good chance Mr. Bowles isn't going to be here come draft time. Sure. 
that you could go offensive tackle in this spot. So for so 20, David, talking about staying where you're at, um, I, I would see – so it would be interesting to me. So I wouldn't have Knicks at 20. I'd have him lower than that. Um, I'd have him probably 25 to 40, and it would be my range for him. So 12 is too high for me. And I've talked myself out of it. It doesn't mean I might not still do it, just knowing that I think he's a fit for Sean, what Sean Payton wants to do. I think he could come in and play early and, and have success right away. Um, at least, you know, low floor, high floor, lower ceiling type of guy. So it's an, it's an interesting thought. And I'd love to see their board. It would be, that would be one hell of a draft day discussion. It would be heavily redacted. I'm sure. Uh, but I would love to be a fly on the wall when, when that starts coming around draft time coming in again, he says, JJ McCarthy reminds me of Joe Burrow without the injury. I don't know. I don't know where I go with a comp on, on JJ McCarthy. I just, I think he's got a stronger arm at the same time. You know, I, I don't feel like Joe Burrow had the, the, as much of an arm as he did. And I think he's a better runner than Joe Burrow. Yeah. I think, I think Joe Burrow, his accuracy is fantastic. Uh, I think his ability to spread the ball after the snap and under pressure was fantastic. All the stuff in a quarterback you can't necessarily measure because I don't think Joe Burrow was the traitsy guy that made him a surefire number one overall pick. Nobody thought of him as a can't-miss guy. I think he's actually – even as a number one pick, I think he's exceeded expectations in the NFL. I really do. I'm a big Joey Burr fan. I, I think he's a top – three at worst quarterback in the NFL. Um, but you're right that McCarthy is more mobile. Burrow is more of a, a pocket passer at the NFL level than he is a scrambler. McCarthy can actually move around, and that's appealing when, if you're Sean Payton, you you suffered through a year of a declining Russell Wilson. Other comps we've heard the Drew Brees, Scott, I think he has a little further to go before hitting that mark. Daniel Jeremiah said today he reminds, McCarthy reminds him of Alex Smith. And I could see that, but I do think McCarthy's ceiling is a little higher and he's a little mm. more mobile and athletic than Smith was. I think he's got Smith was a really, he was, but he ran Urban Meyer's option type offense. So he was a hell of an athlete. I just think explosive. I think, I think McCarthy's release is cleaner and, yeah, and quicker, which is, which is one of the, which is one of the things that, that, uh, when I think of him, um, I, I just think he's, just a better pure thrower than Alex Smith. Alex Smith was uh, Kenny Booker coming in uh, KB 82 over on, on uh, YouTube. And this got into this discussion. I forgot this was a super. I would have rolled it right into the discussion. It says of, would you consider, you know, in the consider with David's considering of trading PS two, why not pair him with another elite cornerback? Why not use a, a high pick in the next two years on another corner and have that position locked up for the next decade, Zach? Because then your starting quarterback would probably be Jared Stidham or or Michael Pratt or Sam Darnold. I mean, how many – KB, as good as PS2 is, and this is my argument for if the Broncos trade him away – what has he really done to make the Broncos a winning team? A, a, a successful team doesn't go as a cornerback goes. It goes as the quarterback goes. PS2 is a luxury, and he would be an amazing addition for a team like the Niners or the Eagles that are right there. 
But for a team like the Broncos that have, have holes everywhere, including at the most important spot quarterback, it doesn't make sense to tar- to double down on that position when, again, you have other fish to fry. That's how I look at it. While it's possible, I think it's harder to build a defense back to front, but you've already got one of the pieces. So actually, I'm I'm okay with this, Kenny. If If you were to get... We're talking BPA. Cornerback is one of those spots. If I get through this list, you just heard us talking about where is the quarterback in your mind? How far down? Let's say uh, McCarthy's gone. How far would Bo Nix have to fall down your list before you would say, okay, I can't take him at 12? One of the guys you could take, there's a couple corners you could take in this spot. Now you've sewn up the, the back end of your secondary for years. That's handled. I always, I always think of you know Fight Club when he bought that really nice couch and blow up his whatever I had going on in my life. I, I always had that futon. That part was licked. I had that problem handled. Okay, well, your house just burned down, so maybe that was even a better uh, blew up. Maybe that was a better analogy than I thought. But I think you can do this. I, I don't. I think I could. I could really get behind a cornerback pick. It wouldn't signal. Oh, what's this mean for PS two? It means he's got another partner out there, and now I've got my defensive secondary solved for 10 years i think you can and the cap hit when we mentioned when i talk about the most expensive cornerback prospect in the history or cornerback contract in the history of this game also coincides with you getting russell wilson's contract off your back the salary cap goes up russell wilson's contract is gone assuming it's a big assumption with sean payton and his history with the new orleans saints some cap sanity over the next two seasons, come 2025, you will have more to play with. And come 2026, you could have a lot of free agent money to play with, Zach. Yeah, and I see a counterpoint here that KB says elite cornerbacks help your pass rush. And this was my next point I was going to make, but um, in reverse, everyone remembers the no-fly zone. Akeem Tlaib, Chris Harris Jr., Darian Stewart, TJ Ward. But I don't think they'd be the no-fly zone if they didn't have Von Miller, Demarcus Ware, Derek <laughs> Wolf up front generating pressure and making their lives easier. It's the chicken or the egg. Is it the pass rush that makes uh, the coverage or the coverage that makes the pass rush? Until the Broncos address the front seven, Scott, and you can disagree, Broncos fans can disagree, it's not going to really matter if you have four PS2s back there, as we saw this last season. PS2 was perfectly healthy, yet the Broncos' defense was bending and breaking constantly because they had no pressure up front. That's a much bigger need to me than another cornerback. It's not the chicken or the egg. It's it's prime rib or with you know seasoning or burger and steak sauce. The pass rush helps the secondary infinitely more than the secondary helps the pass rush. So the best de- the best pass defense in the world is a quarterback on his ass, flat out. A cornerback, the best of the best of the best, might buy you an extra tenth of a second <laughs> to get to the quarterback. It's the the margins are so thin back there that the difference between average and elite is a quarter of a step. The difference between a pass rush is immense it's like it could be up to like half a second so yes elite cornerbacks help your pass rush but not nearly as much as that fire breathing edge helps your pass defense helps your secondary so again they work together they work together they do but the pass the pass rush is the stake in this analogy not the not the sauce 
like Sauce Gardner. There you go. See what I did with that one? Um, we talked to Eric Holt yet? I don't think so. This is just another, this was just a very similar thought this, to David, who had just a couple minutes ago. You don't want to trade up either. He says, I'm sorry, guys, but trading up for JJ is too rich for my blood. Even drafting him at 12 is too high for him. Well, then you definitely don't want to trade up. That's for damn sure. Zach and Scott know we need a QB, but we need players too, which goes to the possibility of bookending your corners, of getting your edge. Dallas Turner, Jared versus there. If Garrett Bowles is gone, you absolutely better get a tackle. Yes, don't reach. If you don't like the quarterbacks that are available there, get the best prospect on your board at a premium position. Yeah, I don't want to put words in Eric's mouth, but it sounds like you're not it's, it sounds like bias against McCarthy on on your part, Eric, and that's fine. You know, you're entitled to not like McCarthy if you don't want, but he's right now climbing the draft boards. He might be a top 10 pick when all is said and done, Scott. So if he's there at 12 and the Broncos don't draft him, it means they really don't like him, but if he falls that far, it would be a gift in itself. So I could see the uh, the argument for taking JJ. I could certainly see the argument for passing up a player that you're not in love with, if that's the case, and taking a tackle, an edge, a yada. Appreciate you, Eric. I see uh, Lawrence coming in over on Facebook saying, uh, "Here's some stars for the the gray hairs he's given me." Luckily, you know, I don't have gray hairs. Mine becomes kind of this ash gray, I guess. Used to be blonde. Uh, much love. You guys still give me a show, a show to look forward to. Appreciate you, Lawrence. Thank you for the stars. Uh, Sam Bam coming in orange. Good to see you with that Broncos orange. You, Love those that Broncos orange coming in. He says, evening guys, 63 to go, days to go until the Broncos QB mystery should hopefully be resolved. We're going to be tired of talking about it by then. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping, where are we at? About 10 days away from free agency, maybe a little bit less. Since there's not 31 days in February, Scott, I'm hoping that we'll start seeing some dominoes start to fall. And then we'll start getting some resolution where right now there's so many options of what could happen here that as options go away, things will become clearer. Now, the Denver Broncos sitting at 12 isn't the most advantageous position to be in to try and get a quarterback right now, unfortunately. And you don't want to be playing musical chairs. And yes, Spencer Rattler isn't a bad option in the second round. And even top of the third, late second, isn't a bad option. But that's really not what you're hoping for coming out of this, I don't think. I don't know about you, Scott, but I can't do this for 63 more days. I need some sort of finality with either Russ or who the Broncos like because it's it's just splitting hairs over and over every day. And I get it's that part of the offseason, but you said free agency. I think that starts in earnest next week at the NFL Scouting Combine when all the GMs will be together and they'll start talking about Russell Wilson, gauging his value, see if any team will trade, trade for him, who has interest, and hopefully the Broncos – make a decision, but it's insanity doing the same thing over and over. Lawrence says he doesn't want to leave you out either through some more Appreciate stars. That. And as, as Kenny says, you know, ball hawking cornerback, close the gap with potential interceptions. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Uh, I'm just saying that the edge, the, the pass rush is, is more important than the secondary in, in my 
very biased, not necessarily wrong opinion. I'll take the pass rush every time. Scott and, and KB, doesn't Simmons have the most picks for a safety or he's like top three since he entered the NFL? How mm -hmm. is that availed the Broncos having someone uh, with that ball hawking ability? It, it really doesn't because they haven't had the pass rush. And too often over the last few years, the secondary has been exposed because of it. Again, they work together. You, you need both. You need both. Um, so again, that's why I said KB in, in, uh, why not pair PS2 with an elite QB, uh, cornerback. I I'm, I'm here for it. If that's where you go. And, and frankly, you know, talking about, you know, Nick, you know, Nick and I do Falcons. Also, we've been on board with the Falcons taking a cornerback at number eight, the past two seasons to go with AJ Terrell on the opposite side for the exact same reasons. If you don't like, I'd rather have the edge but the edge hasn't been available at eight. If I have a, a cornerback and an edge equal on my board at 12, I'm going pass rusher for this team. No question in my mind. They're equal. If I don't have them, but I do have a cornerback at the top of my board, I have zero problem mm -hmm. taking a cornerback at 12. None. Where I start having a problem is when they start going running backs and tight ends. That's where I start having a problem in the top 10. For I just find it hard. Pass rush and no defensive secondary and no offensive line and no quarterback. Then I start to then I start to then I start getting a little pissy when they take pass catchers. <laughs> I just find it hard to believe between quarterbacks, offensive tackles, and edge that there won't be at least one guy that would fall to the Broncos. And I, I'm just not on board with taking a corner as well, if you can avoid it. Yeah, especially once this is a very deep offensive tackle class, especially yeah. once something happens with Garrett Bowles. Yeah. Then I think you kind of need to wipe cornerback off the board and then it's got to be edge or offensive tackle yeah. and probably exactly. offensive tackle is where you'll end up going just the way this 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 draft sets up and then you try and go get a good pro in free agency you made hay with fabian moreau and fabian moreau is on a million you know two million dollars and he was an upgrade over what you had you hope damari mathis has a bounce back here i i think his his first two years kind of mirrored last season for me for the Denver Broncos. You weren't as good. You weren't as bad as one and five said you were, but you weren't as good as six and one. He might not have been as good as he was the back half of his rookie year. Man, he wasn't as bad as he was last year. He's he's better than that. So there's a guy you hope takes a step up and, and starts playing a little better too. And then you got Riley Moss there also. You, you spent some premium resources on Riley Moss. Um, so you're hoping he takes a step up as well. And then you got Sertan. For me, hell, safety is as big a need on the backside as as that opposite corner right now is finding a, a running mate with uh, with um, Justin Simmons. You also hired, made a great hire in Jim Leonard. So that hopefully you talk about the Riley Mosses and the Damari Mathises, players who struggled or were kind of green. You're hoping that coaching can kind of take them to the next level. Because some of them took a major step back last season, Scott. Major step back. Salute <laughs> to you. Um, Sam Ham coming in again. He says, also, what are your thoughts on a quarterback prospect's age factoring into his draft status? Quarterback. Man McCarthy are 21. Nick's Penix and Rattler and Daniels are 23. What's I think Nick's turns 24 in a day or two if he didn't turn this week. His, his birthday is within the next plus or minus three days, I think. He'll be 24. And then Penix turns 24 in May, I think. Um, do you think that matters to coaches and GMs? To a certain extent, um, 
I still have to see decent decision-making at a young age. I still have to see enough of the arm. And the older they are, the closer I need them to be to a finished product. So if I don't like what I see at 24, I'm probably not going to like it. If there's some things I don't like at 21, okay, I'm arrogant enough to think I can I can fix some of these things. Bo Nix, at 24 years old, I think has the maturity, the, sh- the, the accuracy of his arm, the exposure to enough of the chaos that his college career uh, put in front of him, big games, that I think he's as, as ready to come in and play, despite the fact that Oregon's offense is a little wonky. I think he is your most game-ready quarterback in this class. I, re- I really do. I think he's the plug-and-play guy that gets you from A to B the quickest. Is just he's he's the Wade Boggs when I want you know Barry Bonds. You know he's the guy that's probably going to get on base the most, but isn't going to hit doubles, triples, and home runs. I talk I, a I, lot of baseball, Zach. I love baseball yeah. analogies. It's all good. I make random analogies all the time that are much worse. Um, it, it Different GMs and coaches have different opinions. I feel as a whole, though, as long as the quarterback isn't someone like Brandon Whedon coming into the NFL at 28, 27, whatever, you know, it's that's that's a kind of a detriment. But if you're 23 versus 21, if you're Sean Payton, you're thinking to yourself, I can coach a guy who's. 21 and kind of green. I can coach a guy who's 23, 24 and is seen as an older prospect for the Broncos. If these players have it and Sean Payton falls in love, not falls in like falls in love. I don't think Sam that age is a age matters. Um, I think it's Chris Winkie. was who I was thinking. It was 27 when he came in uh, Heisman trophy winner at 20 legend, six years old. Um, so good football coach. though. good, good guy. Um, and I, I specifically said quarter, quarterback on this one, Sam, because quarterbacks can play for a lot longer than pretty much any other position. So, again, like, well, he's older. His career won't be as long. Dude, I, I'd take five years of good quarterback play right now, for God's <laughs> sakes, let alone, you know, I can get 10 and he's still only 34. You, you made a huge trade and gave a guy $250 million at 34. You know, so when we're we're talking, you know, 10 years, so that part doesn't bother me at all. So it's it's just a matter of if I like him, I like him. That that that's really the key thing. If I don't like what I see here, he's he's, you know, the the nonsense with Tim Tebow's gonna remake his delivery, that was ridiculous. You know, he's been he's thrown the ball a hundred thousand times from six years old to twenty-three years old. You're not remaking somebody's delivery. You don't like it. You're never going to like it. So those are the kind of things you like a guy. You, you still got to like a guy, no matter what, what age are Sam. I think that's a great question though. Um, and Eric follows up. He says, no, JJ, hate. we need more players and picks. The NFL is a QB league, but we can't reach. And, and I agree. And that's why I asked the question of Zach, you know, how far down your board does, does, is too far to reach at quarterback? Because and again, you're mentally restacking the board anyway, based on positional value as it is. So how far down does he need to be on your board? So Eric, appreciate you there. Um, Kenny's coming in. He's busy tonight. Says, if a good quarterback falls back to us at 12, would you rather fleece a quarterback starving team in a trade or just draft the quarterback? What would it take to make that trade? 
this is a better question for the commanders and the bears and the and the uh and the uh, patriots right now you are a quarterback starving team kenny you you can't trade out of that spot if a good one if the one you likes falls falls to you at this spot not at 12 you can't three first rounders maybe <laughs> I'm holding out for five personally, Scott, but you're yeah, right. Pick swap's already down into the teens. You're already at 12. It's not like I'm pick swapping from two to eight. Yeah, I mean, it would depend on who the quarterback is, who the team that wants the quarterback is, and what they're willing to offer, but you can't put other teams' interests ahead of your own. The, you said it yourself perfectly, Scott. The, the Broncos are a quarterback-starved team. And they got to take care of number one first. And, and that's, this, that's the... Uh, thing i asked this morning you know try and put yourself in the other point of view we'll just do whatever it takes to get into that spot okay it's going to take you to get up to number two to get drake may so basically kenny i i just don't think you can would you rather have sam howell no ps2 and two first round picks or drake may It's the meteor. I, why does it have to be Sam Howell, Scott? Can it be anyone <laughs> because else? Because you're trading with the commanders. That's uh, the deal the commanders are making. Yeah. If the commanders make that deal, they are banking on sticking with Sam Howell and foregoing Drake May. So that's the kind of question you have to ask when you're deciding, when people say, well, just do whatever it takes to trade up to number two. No. They're going to tell you to stick it in your ear. I. Uh, I don't know. I'm just going it's through it tough, in my head. Isn't it? <laughs> I'm so Scott. I'm so adamant against the Broncos spinning their wheels with a Sam Howell or a Darnold. If it comes down to that, honestly, I want more of of the the surefire quarterback prospect, and then staying in neutral. I mean, you're talking about two first round picks, hypothetically, that the Broncos would have. Those are gambles. And historically, in the last couple seasons, they haven't panned out for the Broncos anyway. If you can get your guy and you're convinced that guy will be the guy, you have to do it. You have to be aggressive. Yeah, and and the the hope Ooh. of the quarter of the quarterback still might not be offset because you're trading us for sure piece in there in, in PS2. That's a that's a pretty much a definite. Uh, but then the rest is question mark. So when again. When you're asking that question, would you rather have Justin Fields, two first-round picks in PS2, or Caleb Williams or Drake May? Huh. That starts looking more interesting to me because I like Justin Fields better than I like Sam Howell. That, that starts becoming more interesting. Maybe I can build this up and spin that into another pick and get Marvin Harrison Jr., and I'm coming out of this with Marvin Harrison Jr., Justin Fields, and another, and, and another first-round pick, and PS2? Hmm. You might be able to talk me into that one, maybe. But Zach, we're uh, we're getting long on the tooth here. I think it's probably close, unless you've got any burning desires you want to talk about to uh, to calling it a night and calling it a football weekend as Friday is quickly approaching. Yeah, I was thinking in my head in that scenario. I hope that Marvin Harrison Jr. likes run blocking because that's all Justin Fields is capable of. Scott, I know you're a little higher on him, but as a passer, woof. Is he Remember, I watched Desmond Ritter last year. I've watched Desmond <laughs> Ritter and Marcus Mariota the last two years. True. So Good I'm job. thinking in terms of is again, I'm thinking in terms of can you improve? Justin Fields is better than those two guys. If you get Justin Fields, your team has gotten better. Is he the answer? I don't know. I wouldn't put my job on it, but he is an improvement over what you've had. So your team got better. It's one step closer to where you want to be. 
God, this is why I can't go another 63, 66 <laughs> days, whatever it is, man. I just need some resolution now. But that was, Scott, another tremendous installment of the Mile High Huddle podcast. If you're not doing so, please follow us on Twitter at the MHH pod. You can follow the main account on Twitter at Mile High Huddle. Scott is at Scout Kennedy. I'm at Kelberman NFL. And don't forget about Chad at Chad and Jensen. If you guys want some merchandise, check out MHHmerch.com. Get you some. If you haven't, please drop us a like at Facebook.com slash Mile High Huddle Pod. You can also follow us on Instagram at Mile underscore High underscore Huddle. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, make sure you're leaving your football priest and our Deacon Scott a five-star review for a chance to win some of that merch each and every single month. But if anything, y'all, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, please subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel. It really helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you. Just like Made that you. extra creepy tonight. Yeah. <laughs> glad i'm here for that I bring it out in you I want to say thank you to our super chat superstars david mcelrath draft time coming in several times gary palmer david kilgore with that hot pink thank Appreciate you david. david so much uh another day you know another david david yunkin coming in it was night of the david's draft time several times kenny several times eric holtz um let me see who i'm missing sam bam lawrence rivera Sam Bam twice, Eric a couple times, and finally to close us out, call him Sunrise, I call him Sunset. There's there, there's draft time, and then I'm going to get to you, Michael. It says, if Sean Payton is not in love with any of the QBs that is available at 12, take the best prospect right. available. Yeah, don't reach. That, that's just the key. Don't reach, especially in the first round for a quarterback because there's pressure to – I think it's come off of this. I've actually talked myself out of this, but historically there's pressure to play the first rounder often and give him a little bit longer than you would if you think he's not it but after watching josh rosen uh after watching trey lance with three first round picks for god's sakes after watching russell wilson get jettisoned with that giant contract and all this the the uh the resources poured into him into that trade i think i think teams are a little quicker to say hey this ain't working let's get out of this while we can but don't reach it's uh it's incredibly important michael Coming in late to close us out. It says great show today on uh great show today. Uh Nick and Scott on Broncos for Breakfast. He's got that just copied and pasted. You forgot the other control C, control V command. I'm looking at my window, make, it, make sure it wasn't morning. <laughs> well, we're calling him Sunrise now. He's the wrong here. We call him Sunrise over on uh, on my channel because he's that's how regular he is. We he's as dependable as a sunrise. Michael, thank you. And uh that's that's Zach over here. You know that. Appreciate you being here. Um, legends of mile high tomorrow. We're going to come, we're going to talk probably more quarterbacks some free agents, some, uh, draft, some combine sleepers, some draft sleepers that I'm doing some homework on tomorrow on my channel, youtube.com slash Scott Kennedy. Uh, if you if you want to get up and talk some more NFL draft, I'll be there. And that's all I got for you, Zach. Yeah, hope you have a good weekend, Scott. I believe it'll be me and you again on Sunday night talking, I'm sure, more Russell Wilson and Broncos mock draft scenarios and kind of spinning the wheel again with what the Broncos might do. But looking forward, forward to it, y'all. Have a great start to your weekend, Scott. You as well. I'll see you Sunday, partner. Take care, and as always, go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. 
But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.